Welcome to the Spooky Stories podcast experience, a safe space to share our real paranormal and supernatural stories and experiences. I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Melissa, and this is my co-host, Lucy. Good evening, Melissa. Good evening, Lucy. Happy Halloween. It's Halloween where you are. Yay, it is now. It will be soon for me. We are co-creators of original stories and films and a vast array of creative media. We enjoy sharing our spooky stories with each other and realized we could create a safe space to share our stories with you. How are you tonight, Lucy? I am good, yes. You're looking extra spooky. <laughs> I got a little spooky setting with a spooky head. <laughs> My house always looks like this. I added pumpkins. <laughs> nice and um i wanted to ask you where where did this uh spooky story idea came from i was down the rabbit hole of youtube at about 3 a.m and i happened across a spooky video of caught footage on cctv about people having experiences in morgues and things moving on their own and people discovering it but the most exciting part was when I went into the comment session and the comments were so intriguing to me because people were in there deciding whether it was true or not like normal, but more importantly, they were sharing their creepy stories and they were interested in more creepy stories. So if somebody shared their creepy story or their supernatural or their paranormal story, so many comments would ask for more or elaborate on it or look uh, tell that person they should share their stories elsewhere and i thought oh my gosh i have so many fantastic paranormal stories and supernatural stories wouldn't this be great to share with people i've been keeping them to myself for years because it creeps a lot of people out and if you're just living your you know normal life whatever normal is that sometimes you don't have the opportunity to share them and you just keep them to yourself and i thought what a great opportunity to start sharing. And then me and you started speaking about our creepy stories and this was born. Yes, definitely. And also, um, I remember you, uh, you kind of taught me the difference between uh, supernatural and paranormal. Right, so many people don't know the difference or don't think of it as a difference between paranormal and supernatural. And you know, that came from, so once I was, watching that video is only like a five minute video. And I think two of them were more realistic and a couple weren't. But then I, as I was in the comments and I realized, wow, people really want these stories. They wanna hear more from the people who shared them. They would like to, but I thought I should write my stories down in a book, I'll, I'll write them. And as I started figuring out what stories I wanted to share, it really became obvious that some were paranormal and the others were supernatural. And I thought, you know, a lot of people don't know that those aren't just all mixed together, or they can be. You certainly can think of them in the same way. But if if I think of them as paranormal, I think it's as something that's happening to you. And you certainly often do not have consent in it happening to you. And supernatural is coming from within you, something that is a gift, something, an attribute to you, or um, something that is accessed within you that you've grown as a gift or suddenly can can do, like where it's clairvoyant, you know, or with psychics, um, where it's knowing something, feeling something, hearing something, it's a feeling from within you or a knowing, and it's supernatural, and it's in its content, and also 
it's happening from within you. It can also sometimes seem un, without consent because it's happening from within you for sure. But it's something that you are bringing about by your own gifts as opposed to something happening to you that is coming from outside of you. And sometimes it's happening to you because of your gifts, so as a medium, but it's certainly an external thing as opposed to an internal. Does that help? Yes, definitely. That makes sense. Definitely. Am I making sense of that? It does make sense. Yeah, thank you. What do you, how do you think of it? I, as a non-English native speaker, I didn't know the difference at all. I just, for me, they were just like synonyms, but it's definitely, uh, there is a, there is a difference and it's very nice, very important one. The question of consent. Yes. So, yeah. So crucial. And I think a lot of people don't, um, I don't think a lot of people would, you know, separate them out or need to depending on what's happening with you or what, what um, your experiences are and what your stories are. But when I was writing a book, I was like, wow, these are extreme, these are absolutely paranormal. And these are absolutely supernatural, something that I'm, you know, a part of. And I thought that would be a really fun way to put it. So I love that you asked that question. Thanks. Speaking of. Yeah, we, tonight, yeah which, which story do we have tonight? Tonight, I was, we have a supernatural story to start with. Yeah. I was trying to think which story shall we start with. I changed which story. So it's one you haven't heard, I don't think. Mm -hmm. And um, I was, I was thinking this would be a great one to for people to get to know me as a storyteller and as us and our experience and where this is all coming from. So I went way back. I was like, what is my first, what is one of my first experiences that I can think of? um to share so that's what we're, we're going to start with that story it's um uh it's talking to my dead uncle Ooh, <laughs> exciting yes especially about uh today the halloween uh, is uh also to connect with the dead and yeah exactly this is our time for honoring our ancestors honoring the dead those who came before us and it can be spooky but it can also just be an honoring and a reverence. So I, I'll do both of that tonight. I'll share a spooky story about a deeply reverent experience and an honored uncle of mine. He was my favorite uncle. Cool. Okay. Let's get to it. I'm so curious. Let's get to it. I'm going to read it a little bit from, uh, from my notes here. I was four years old, sitting on the bench of my aunt's organ in her living room at the house at the end of the cul-de-sac where I spent so many weekends. It was a cold, wintry, white, blistery day. I remember riding in the back of my parents' Buick on our way to my aunt's house. There had been devastating news, but my parents didn't want to upset my young mind with whatever was troubling them. I knew something was wrong besides their unnatural silence. It was their uncomfortable demeanor I was picking up on and I'd never seen my father on the verge of tears and so quietly frantic. But there I sat on the organ bench, looking over at the dining room table as my parents were sitting with my aunt and her full-grown boys apparently delivering some very bad news. My uncle's body had been found after the several hours of looking for him in the woods where he'd gone out shooting. Apparently something had gone wrong and it was my father who had come up on his body but I couldn't for the life of me understand why they were all so upset. As I was sitting there on the bench, my uncle was standing there beside me, telling me that everything was going to be okay. And that I didn't need to worry. And as I heard his familiar voice, 
I looked over at my aunt wondering why she was crying uncontrollably and was so upset when he was right there. I suddenly felt this soothing calm come over me as if it was some sort of hug that he was giving me. He was my favorite uncle, so I had many hugs with him and that's what it felt like, although I couldn't see it. He seemed to keep my attention distracted from the goings on at the table with the rest of my family by just telling me stories, things that we had laughed about. I was one of his favorites too. Him and my aunt had three grown boys and never had a girl. So I was the girl they didn't have. He told me that he had found some boots in the woods and picked them up for me and put them in the back of his truck and I'd find them there. And finally, mentioned that didn't need to worry and that everything was going to be calm and fine despite what was going on around me and just to relax. And I did, I was completely happy sitting there. My four-year-old mind didn't realize that not having a body would complicate things and that others would be upset because they couldn't see him or hear him or feel him apparently like I could. So I finally just told them what I was feeling and they looked in my direction, not so much that I was crazy, but they couldn't take in what I was sharing with them. Like, what? And then went back to ignoring me and dealing with their own crisis at the moment. It would take years <laughs> before I realized just how extraordinary that experience was. Indeed, wow, thank you. Yeah, four years old is a uh, yeah, it's very very young age for sure. Well, I was trying to think of like my first experience that I made note of. I think there was probably others, but that one really kind of was the catalyst of being more aware that something I was experiencing was different than what others were experiencing. Yeah, I love the fact that they they just don't get it. I think it's so it's so representative. We often say that children um, also are more aware of, of things. Um, Absolutely. And that would be particularly unusual. And like a lot of families, a lot of people have experiences and their parents don't get it or don't believe it or just put it off as, you know, your imaginary friend is just you making something up as maybe you're actually having an experience like I was. But it was particularly unusual because I was raised in a household where everybody was gifted pretty much. My aunt was clairsentient and my father's clairsentient and so that, or they were clairvoyant actually. Uh, so they could basically read your mind and she did seances and had psychic readings all the time. So when the experience I was having seemed so normal beyond the normal experience of me having it is normal to share with them. Hey, he's right here. Why are you guys, what's wrong? What's wrong? I remember just sitting there going, what's wrong with everybody? Why you guys, what's the problem? He's right here. And I knew I couldn't see him, but my four-year-old mind hadn't actually put that together as an issue because I think I'd had many experiences before that, that I just took as normal. And so that was the first time I realized, wow, I'm, I'm having this experience and they have experience and we, it's certainly normal in this household, but they're not seeing and feeling and hearing what I'm experiencing. Mm, because they were, they were having their, their crisis. Their, their own emotional disturbances that would like 
keep out the truth sort of that was definitely well and also they they had found his body so that was their reality he was dead that was their reality i hadn't been there to experience what they had which was probably very traumatizing uh, my uncle was my dad's best friend his sister my aunt that was her husband and they were very close he had uh, several siblings but they were the closest him and his sister and then her husband was his best friend so that whole experience had to be extremely traumatizing for them and since i was only you know there as somebody sitting in the room i hadn't had the experience they had of finding his body in the woods i hadn't gone out to the woods and i didn't really understand what was going on and i, I don't think they were telling me anything specifically so I was just kind of having it vicariously worried through them. And then here's my uncle soothing me as he would do. Like, that, would, that would have been a very normal thing that my uncle would have done at, at a time of any kind of crisis is like, make sure I was okay. And so it was interesting that he came to me, the one who could hear him and experience him because maybe he had also already gone to them and they just, like you said, they were caught in their crisis, so. Mm. Yeah, maybe he didn't go to them. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. My aunt spent many years going to his gravesite and spending a lot of time. She would sleep there at night sometimes at his grave. She missed him so much and was really impacted by his sudden and unexpected death that it took her years and years. I don't think she ever fully got over him all the way to her death. She never um, remarried. And, uh, and her boys were full grown. They were in their 20s. And um, I just remember that even though she was naturally very astute and intuitive and clairvoyant to the fact that that we couldn't even bring her a Christmas present early, like we couldn't wrap it, we couldn't do anything with it or think about it because she would tell us what she would ask us, what did you get me for Christmas? And you couldn't think about it. You're like, no, 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 anything else, anything else, because she would tell you what it was. And so would my father, they would kind of play with you in that way. And it was just, it was kind of a joke and a fun thing in our home, their gifts, instead of seeing them as awkward or something to push off or um, to avoid or resist, we played into them and everybody, it, it was very normal in our, in our upbringing. So that being my first that really stuck out is, hey, I'm having an experience they're not having and it's not us all having this experience together, stood out as the story to share today. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I think it's really interesting the fact that despite uh the fact that you usually share uh like supernatural things with them, that experience was yours only. Yeah. Yeah, and I shared it with my aunt, you know, years later. I, I talked to her about it, especially when she was kind of looking for my uncle or wanting to have an experience with him. Um, some of the, you know, fun share stories we can share here on our podcast at different times is certainly some of the experiences I had while she was doing seances and, and the things that happened in, in her home with ghosts and, and very paranormal experiences, as well as the supernatural experiences with who her and who she is and me and who I am and the other people. That one was absolutely my own. And even when I shared it with her later, it wasn't something that, um, she absolutely believed me like it was it wasn't even something like are you sure you had that or it was this or tried to put it off to something else she believed me but it it always has been just just my experience with my my uncle and i got to have another experience like that later in my life which i'll 
happily share, you know, it was when I was much older, which was neat because I was never clairaudient again until I was. So when I had that experience, it, I kept it with me as a young girl for many years as just a comfort. Because even though he was gone in person, like as his physical form was gone and he was my favorite uncle and I love spending time with him, I felt like he was always near. It's kind of like having an angel. Wow. Yeah. The ancestors, the power of the ancestors and how much they, they care for us and yeah yeah and it's especially appropriate apropos for this time of year of honoring our dead during the day of the dead you know from halloween to the day of the dead to this this energy of of that crossover between the veil and that was like a winter time experience because i remember um that the the snow was out on the ground it was cold it was blistery we we're you know i'm all bundled up in my parents buick it's in the 80s you know and going through the forest area of where my aunt lived um in a very suburban area but we had to go through this like lovely forest area that i always loved and looking back at that time this is like the perfect time to reminisce and to appreciate is this this weekend of going through the veil it feels like and so when i sat with it i was like oh you know i get to honor my uncle and think about that first experience that really set apart like wow this is different than what everybody else is experiencing and yet it was still a comfort to me because even though it wasn't so much consensual as like it was definitely something i was experiencing it was for me and it was something um because of my gifts that he could be there and I could hear him and be a part of that as opposed to, um, you know, frightening me or being an experience that I, you know, eventually just wrote off as, oh, I was just young. I thought I saw that or I thought I heard that or I thought I felt that. Yeah. It's so cool that it, you kept it with you uh, throughout the years and I had a uh a positive impact on your life because you took it that way i mean you could have taken it many other ways but because of who you are and who he was and yeah, yeah at that time and yeah it's super, super cool. yeah it really opened up that that feeling of you know um death you know death isn't permanent like they found the body so death to them they were having a different death experience than i was having they were having a, a very finality like this is this person's gone and I can't access them and I'm grieving my loss of them where I was having a different experience and since I was so young him not having a body didn't bother me at the moment because I was still feeling him just the same and hearing him and just being like what's what's the problem guys <laughs> well I'm sure a lot of people like I think uh, who've lost their dear ones uh really envy you this You know what I mean? Like, that's so precious to be able to connect to uh, to lost ones. Like, although they are not physically there anymore, they still are, and that's yeah. yeah. You know, and I and when you say that, it it totally makes me think. You know how my aunt felt when I finally shared it with her. It had to be hard for her because she so wanted to have that experience with him. So then it begs the question: Was she unable to have the experience with him? Is or are our loved ones and the dead there more than we know and can think and realize and be a part of because we're in the way and her grief was you know separating her from being able to to be a part of that which it would naturally of course but how much are we 
not when because of our death experience how can we come from maybe a more gentle or honoring place that was a devastating you know they found his body and it was unexpected and what more can we experience once our loved ones pass you know sometimes you're in the room and they're in, you're in the hospital and they're and some people say they still feel them there so how much can we lean into that experience instead of death being so final it just being a transition and it feeling more comfortable for us so maybe that can be a part of part of a, a way to see it or embrace it it certainly helped me embrace it that way yeah it's helping me now like i mean i think i i, I was uh, lucky enough not to um have a lot of death around me um but i do have um my grandmother on my dad's side and yeah that uh, my grandfather too but i never knew him even when he was alive so it's it's even harder i think but uh when you yeah i, I would love to connect with her to know mm -hmm. that she's there and although i haven't seen her in my life so a lot mm -hmm. like i think it yeah it's it's so interesting to think about this now in this time of the year as you said before definitely mm -mm. something to 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 fill in and to um yeah to sit with and yeah very nice thank you you're welcome i think that's why my aunt did what she did too is that you know she had seances with uh very regularly and used her her gifts and psychic awareness to help others connect with those who had gone on i think because of her deep desire to connect with her lost husband is that the years after that were spent uh, when I, I spent so much time with man I was she basically you know she was a big part of raising me I spent weekends and all summer with her at her house and she would have seances and she would have clients and she would um and, and she spoke about it so comfortably so that I didn't know that other people didn't speak that comfortably about it so I had to find that out on my own when I was out and about people were like she's weird you know because we would speak so comfortably about um the unexplained and the supernatural and you know the the entities and ghosts in her house that would obviously be there very much because she was doing seances so you know that's something that as our podcast goes forward we can talk more about you know what those experiences were like you know being a child around you know where seances were normal like totally normal like that was just hey my aunt's doing her other work you know she works as a nurse um you know five days a week at the hospital and oh she does this too and it wasn't at all weird it was like my aunt's hobby that was like baking you know we baked too it was just as normal to talk about that and and how she helped other people and their experience of reaching out to their loved ones or other experience kind of like practical magic i get to talk about my aunt like we're talking about the movie practical magic and that'll be a fun experience and we'll get to talk about your experiences which i can't wait for you to share really? some of your yeah definitely and so she never managed to connect with him after that that's so crazy not that I know of. Um, I know that she, but I think her grief was really in the way. Mm. You know, um, she, you know, I could uh, ask my cousin if like there was experiences I don't know about when I, you know, as I got older and as an adult, I didn't wasn't around all the time, and she might have had it um, much later in life. But I knew she would go out to the cemetery and actually uh, wow. commune with him, commune with him at his grave, and and sleep there and. Like, you know, it was really, it was really hard for her. And I don't even like sleeping in cemeteries. I love cemeteries. When I was younger, I would, you know, I loved candles. I loved being in cemeteries. I was, you know, I loved all that dark stuff. And it was normal. There was a 
a movie theater we could watch over the hill and me and my friend would go under the gate of the cemetery and sit in the cemetery and watch the 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 uh outdoor drive-in theater you could just see it we'd be in the cemetery and it didn't wouldn't creep me out at all but i also wasn't necessarily going to be sleeping there overnight so she was i don't think she i never knew of her having an experience with him personally but i knew she helped a lot of other people and she might have had it later in life, but um, nothing like what I had for sure. And also just, I think the innocence of being not attached to the experience really helped me just experience it just as naturally as what we're doing right now. It's like, hi, Lucy, I'm just experiencing you in this moment is was how natural it was for me as a kid, as opposed to when you need something and you need it to fill you up or be an experience you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. Also probably because it's, it was, I mean, I imagine, I don't know if you've seen the film um, Enter the Void from Gaspar Noé, but um, it's about uh, this, okay, spoiler alert, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> guy who dies and then his uh, soul like kind of like floats around and it's very inspired by the book, uh, the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Right. And um, yeah. yeah, so I, I believe that your uncle was like more there than he was ever after during that time because there's always this moment where like the, the soul kind of like hangs out in the in this realm and before it goes on the other side and yeah I agree there's a I don't I'm trying to think if it's Tibetan there's um there's a book I read many years ago uh probably 20 years ago that was I was trying to think of it as Tibetan or, or Taoist. Uh, sorry to mix those up in the, my head at the moment, but it talked about the stages of death from a spiritual aspect. Um, it was oh, it was tantric. It was another T word. It was tantric, um, and it was talking about the stages of death. And I just loved it because it talked about when the bot when the the last breath is taking, the air goes out. When the spirit is leaving, the fire goes out. So the energy is leaving the body. And if you're aware enough you can watch the stages of death uh, more as an alchemist and more as a, as from the elemental point of view. And I just thought, oh, it's so beautiful because that's like you just said, my uncle was mostly there right then. He was taking care of us. And I honestly could feel this wave of, of energy. He was almost like blanketing all of us with a sense of calm or trying to help the grieving process for those who could receive it. But once he had gone on, which I believe in reincarnation, once he had gone on and he's having his other experiences and whatever is happening, he's less uh, able to be here. But uh, by being a part of her seances, I absolutely got to see, but you can still access them, you know, but how much maybe, like you said, like how far where they're on to their, their next. I love these ideas. I like talking about them from a place of trying to understand them and trying to experience them without um without having a need attached to it since i didn't need my uncle to be there for me or to to whatever the maybe she needed to have a conversation with and they didn't get to have i think they i think he had gone out shooting because they had gotten in a fight and so he went off to blow off some steam and went out to the woods to do some shooting and you know scavenging around found some boots did some thing and then he died and they didn't get to have their last conversation which of course is very devastating oh yeah like, I mean, when you say, sh yeah, that's the worst. Like, so it's, it's like totally the worst in terms of relationship. And to, like, yes. Yes. it's like, <laughs> always end in love. They say, don't, you know, don't go to sleep mad. Yeah. <laughs> don't leave the house mad. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. So 
So he was just like, he took his gun and he practiced like shooting uh, in the woods. Okay. Yeah. My family's Southern. They go shoot shit. <laughs> <laughs> they got you know um it's very normal you know cans or whatever shooting range whatever he went out into the woods to do some to do he, less hunting and more just shooting just blowing off some steam um yeah for the pleasure of, of the being pleasure of shooting shit but like the, wow like then then he shot himself like somehow no so um the story continues you want me to tell you a little bit more yeah, I'm kind of, I kind of... <laughs> so the story continues from here that um, years later, I find out more of the truth. So this is my, so the story I've told you so far is my four-year-old version of not knowing what the adults knew, right? So this is just what I knew, what actually had happened of, oh, he died. So this is my experience. But fast forward 15 years and I'm working for um, my aunt's lawyer and I'm 19 years old or yeah, 19 and I'm working for my aunt's lawyer and being his like file clerk and stuff is one of my, you know, jobs getting into that industry. I'd been doing like cocktail or um, car hopping and, you know, basic teenage stuff. And he, and I got a hold of him. I was like, you need to hire me because I'd met him several times. And at one of, uh, one of his meetings with somebody or no, he was on the phone. That was it. He was talking to somebody on the phone and I overhear him having this, um, telling this story and I'm in there and I was like, he's talking about my uncle. And I realized I'm like, I walk in there. I was like, oh, so, and he's, <laughs> so he enlightens me is that I was like, you're talking about my uncle dying in the woods. And then you're, you're adding all this stuff. He goes, oh my God, I told, I didn't even put together that that's your uncle. Well, store actual story is. So my, my aunt and, and my uncle had, had, yes, gotten into an argument and he went out to the woods to shoot stuff he brought his gun which by the way they didn't find on his body so somebody had already come up on him before my dad found him so there's a little bit of some interesting mystery of who found the body and didn't report it and uh just uh took his gun but not everything else so that was interesting but they also found which my dad changed so that it wouldn't be called a suicide is that they found him with um something around his neck it was like a uh, like a soft garment i can't think it was like a sock kind of thing my um the lawyer actually had it in his office he had had it all these years what to tell this story oh it's so creepy weird so he t that's creepy to me that's more creepy than my my dead uncle talking to me is this lawyer keeping this thing in his office uh from a from a client's dead husband, how he was found with uh, asphyxiation was his cause of death. So here's my here's my supernatural story. And then here's humans who can be far yeah. worse so just in their in their creepiness that has nothing to do with the supernatural so much. It's just, you know, um, humans being humans. And so I know that it was investigated, hence the lawyer. Mm -hmm. But I didn't get to know, I didn't know anymore after that. And I also, when he was telling me, I was like, nah, 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 nah. there's things I don't want to hear about, you know, my favorite uncle's sex life and also his, you know, his specifics of his death. But yeah, the, of course, the adults never, why would they share it with a kid? Right. Yeah. No need. And, uh, and that, uh, that there was more to the story that's beyond my wonderful experiences. There's this whole human story that was happening 
that the, the adults were having to deal with. So no wonder they had so much yeah. to deal with. So much trauma, tragedy, crisis, mm-hmm. pain. Yeah. But in that interesting 15 years later, I'm working for the guy who's telling this story like it's, you know, like cocktail hour talk. And I'm like, are you talking about my uncle? Because the way he talked, I was like, wait, are you talking about? And then he goes, I can't believe it to you. And then shared the rest of the, you know, shared some more of the story and show and showed me the apparatus for the asphyxiation. I was like, why do you have that? Like, what? That to me was far creepier than my dead uncle talking to me. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Stay oh, tuned for more stories of, of supernatural and just creepy humans. <laughs> <laughs> this book, speaking about um, asphyxiation, um, it's very interesting you talk about this because uh, last night I was uh, with some uh, some friends and they 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 were doing um, apnea. Is it how it's called in English when you go under the water and you don't breathe for a long time? What did you call it? Apnea. No, maybe I don't think I, I must not know that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, in French is how it's called apnea. It's just like you know when you apnea. dive, but you don't have any like uh, thing to breathe, and so you just like hold your breath, kind of. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. they they went to Greece a few weeks ago, and they all did this uh, in the in the Mediterranean Sea, and they were telling me about the experience of it, and like, yeah, they were like. It was very interesting. They were, oh, yeah. I want to hear like, your stories. That sounds cool. Like, I, I would love to hear that sometime. Oh, if they don't yeah. mind you sharing, of course. It's their stories. Like, we, we should totally invite them. Like, seriously. Yes, that would be interesting. And did they have a supernatural experience by withholding their breath by seeing things? Or was it just their person? I mean, it seems to be very interesting feeling um, okay. as of, like, coming close to death but then realizing that you still have air for like inside and then uh, they were describing as very soft and I was like okay so you guys were like diving and like then you at first you were like okay so at first you're afraid of death and then you realize that in fact you still have air even though you haven't breathed for a while and then you don't you're not afraid anymore and that's soft I think is that moment where you cease to be afraid of death. And that's super beautiful. I love that. I You just reminded me of an experience. I love that you brought this up because it just reminded me. I was like, I don't know about this. And I thought, oh, just as you were talking, I was like, oh, this might be something I would love to experience. But then I thought, well, I don't really want to be uh, at the verge of death or taking my breath away. And then right then I had a, a memory, another wonderful memory. And I was around maybe the same age. I actually have no idea how young I was. I was very young. Uh, and I was in a pool. And my mother was there sitting in a lounge chair, you know, in the sun and my dad was nearby and I, it must've been around the four year mark or whatever. It wasn't very old. It wasn't even like eight. And I was underwater and I couldn't swim apparently, even though I learned to swim when I was young and I was under the water, like you're talking about. And I ran out of air and I have a very vivid memory of this. I was down there and I ran out of air and I'm looking up and I could see the top of the water and I could see kind of my mom over there who's reading something and not aware of you know, her daughter down there being like, blah, blah, blah. Um, I remember being scared for just a moment because I'm out of breath. And then I found more breath. Like you just spoke of, like, that's what, what reminded me of this. I was like, wait, I have had an experience like this. I didn't try to have it. I just had it. And when I went to take more breath, 
um, it was there and I felt a, a massive sense of calm and peace and everything was going to be all right. And I didn't worry or, or flail or anything anymore. I just was chilling like in the water, apparently breathing on somehow. And then my dad, <laughs> what I remember is my dad reached into the water. He's a big guy and he just pulled me straight up out of the water and is yelling at my mother, you know, you're, <laughs> you guys got to let her die in here. You're going to pay any attention. You know, he did the parent thing and I'm just come up out of the water. I'm like, bloop, bloop. And when I re remembered back at it at another time, when I was older, I thought, I wonder if I was just like breathing in the water and the sense of like, you know, like being in the womb and having this like, you know, breathing in like the fluid. Of course, that doesn't make sense, but I was trying to make sense of it with what you just said. It kind of puts it together of like, I found extra breath and I did have an amazing sense of calm. Yeah, and you were not yeah. afraid of death anymore. That's really interesting. Like I've never done this. I've tried to hold my breath, but like not underwater. And I feel like that's a underwater kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. And I thought I had, obviously I was a kid and I wasn't trying to have this experience. Half the, a lot of the experiences I will be sharing on here with everybody will be experiences I wasn't trying to have. And that one stood out as soon as you said it, because when you said, oh, they went to Greece and they went and dived into this, I thought, wow, that's really amazing. But I don't think I would try to do this. I, I wouldn't go anywhere. And then as soon as you said they found X breath and had that calm, I was like, wait, and the memory just came right up of, I did have that experience uh, accidentally. And for years, you know, now, and, and when I was older, tried to figure out a way that it made sense of how did I find more breath? And where'd that breath come from? Was I finding the, the, the in the oxygen of the water or, you know, and, and breathing it like, you know, like, you know, our, our, our womb fluid, like the fluid of when you're a baby, was I just doing that like in abyss? Or was there some something even more supernatural happening? Because then I just chilled out. I didn't have any problem until my dad just pulled me up out of the water. I think I could have been a little mermaid and been under there for, <laughs> I don't know how long. We won't know. Uh, what they were saying yesterday, they were talking about the fact that the human body is really well made. And then maybe uh, when you relax, uh, <laughs> then your, your diaphragm, is not tensed anymore and thus you access uh breath the air from other parts of your lungs and things like this mm. um, like a safety you know i don't think you can do it for long i don't know but like uh, we'll have to have them on and, and have this discussion i would love to to know more about their experience of it and and uh, what they did and you're right i have a i have a very different experience of death of other people dying and i have another story for us for another podcast of when uh how I dealt with death when my father died and how I dealt with the, the experience of that because he was my best friend I love uh, my dad was my closest and then the experience of of having an experience with him once he had been dead for years and also my own sense of death like you just said are you afraid of death after you've had that it changes your fear of death and it does it I have a I you know I do I obviously don't want to go down on a plane and all the things that people can be scared of, but I've shifted it every time I used to be have a terrible fear of flying. And I found that calm we're talking about I meditated on the plane and I was like well if hypnotherapists do this, what are they what are they bringing people to so I just brought myself into this calm meditation and I shifted something. Completely. I mean, I was petrified. I went to New Zealand and I was petrified the whole 16 hour flight. I was just like I had to take stuff to where I shifted it completely and lightning struck one of the planes I was on and I had no problem with it. Other people were massively scared and I was like, I'm not dying this way. I just shifted 
my death awareness into that calm we're talking about. Whoa. I don't know. So cool. <laughs> cool. Thank you so I much. Love, I love talking this with you. Thank you. I love talking with you this way because it brings up more. I'm like, oh yeah, and that and that. And yeah, thank you so much. I'm so excited for the rest of this podcast. That's such a great idea that we started this. I think we're going to have a, a lot of fun and I hope that you guys listening to us or watching us, whatever media you're on, uh, will also enjoy it as much as we are because it's really, really fun. Like It really is. I, I'm enjoying sharing this with you. I'm enjoying that we, with your questions, it's bringing up more and with your stories of like with what's happening with friends, I'm like, oh, and then I can't wait to hear your stories and ask you a bunch of questions yeah. and like you'll be on the other end of it where it's like all this other stuff comes up. So it's really fun. And I'm enjoying sharing this with you and with our listeners. Mm -hmm. Next time, next time we're going to talk about ooh, some new stuff, spooky yeah. stuff, spooky stories. Spooky stuff. <laughs> and it'll coincide with this book I'm writing. So I'm so excited because I'll have, you know, spooky stories to read and we'll have so much more for you as the experience of our spooky story podcast continues this is going to be a lot of fun yes thank you and and see you soon yes see you soon and happy halloween happy, happy halloween, halloween. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>